Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. This episode is sponsored by Solveto. Stay ahead of the game and advance your career with continuous learning opportunities for Azure cloud professionals. Solvetu, EduHouse. Learning as a lifestyle. Start your journey now on eduhouse.fi slash cloudpro. I'm Tobias. I'm back again with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. I am starting to plan and design the yard work for the new house. I want to get all of this done, the yard and the garden, before winter comes. So it's not even summer yet, but I am already thinking about the winter. And for this, initially, I started planning using PowerPoint because I don't like using Visio anymore. But a friend of mine recommended using something called Twinmotion. And that is a software from Epic Games. I think it uses the Unreal Engine. And it's a little bit like SimCity, if you recall those old games. It's, it's a little bit like SimCity, but instead of planning cities, you are planning gardens and yards and houses and, and, and whatnot. There's 5,000 buttons you can click, and I've only spent two hours in there. But it's already looking quite nice, so I'm confident I will be creating an amazing 3D model, and then somebody will ask, how do we make this reality? And I have no idea yet. Ask ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> so on my side, it's also related to garden work, actually. Uh, spring is officially here. We're getting some pre-summer vibes, and the weekend was pretty good. Still a bit chilly, but, you know, a lot of sun. So we're now planning and also implementing the kind of next outdoor project in the very tiny garden that we have. So that's a wooden terrace in the backside of the garden. So we can conveniently just walk out of our bedroom and then, uh, you know, down to where the outdoor showers and potentially jacuzzi will sit. So yeah, just another project for the super tiny garden, but making life a little bit easier. And the best thing about putting a, a wooden terrace or wooden deck out there is you don't have to pick any weeds. Like if you had these stone pavement tiles that I have now, there's a, a lot of joints and there's a lot of weeds uh, growing there. So. I'm mostly looking forward to not having to do that ever again in this area. Sounds awesome. Just let me know when you're building that. And on that day, my my back will be hurting, so I cannot help. <laughs> so a couple of community highlights that 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 we've found in the in the recent days. Uh, this one from Nick Palm on safer GitHub administration through issue ops. I have no idea what issue ops is. So I figured I really need to read this one. Yeah, and I find one that is pretty interesting. It's um, about the cloud adoption security assessment. It's called the Cloud Adoption Security Review. This is by Daniel uh, Margetic. And if you're not familiar with these assessments or this one in particular for the Cloud Adoption Security Review, uh, this might be an insightful read. It's posted in the tech community. So we'll put the links to this in the show notes as well. Make sure to take a look at that one as well. So today's episode is Azure Pipelines versus GitHub Actions. And for this, we have a special guest, Mr. Panu Oksala, to join us. And Panu is probably one of the most knowledgeable people on all things Microsoft.NET development, DevOps, CI, CD, and stuff like this. Uh, Panu, welcome. Very glad to have you join us. Please introduce yourself. Oh, hello, listeners. Uh, I work as a software consult trainer, and I'm a partner at Adafi. Usually when someone asks what I do for a living, because, you know, that is what, what we get asked in the 
IT business. Our work is so hazy. Uh, I describe my job as a, well, a janitor of software company, of course, without a broom and a hat. But, but anyway, I'm involved usually in multiple projects and I do a lot of supporting tasks like I help with programming, uh, DevOps consulting, teaching, customer management, etc. Um, I have been in IT industry for like 15 years, I think. I started as a PHP programmer, but quickly shifted into Microsoft.NET world. I think it was around .NET 2.0 or something like that. I started working in a machine vision company, worked for a while in a parcel tracking company. And after that, I jumped into the financial sector worked there as a software architect and then finally jumped into my current position here in Adafi. Whenever somebody tells me they work in, in Microsoft.net, this brings horrible memories from the past couple of months. I upgraded to Visual Studio 2023 is the latest version, I think, and I needed to spin up a quick command line interface tool with C Sharp. But there's this new minimal Mm. approach to doing stuff and I'm like where's my main method it's missing this is not going to work ever and I hate that they keep changing things just keep it like it was 20 years ago and I would be perfectly happy it was better back in the day <laughs> yes so much easier so I guess most in the audience know at least vaguely about perhaps Azure pipelines which is part of Azure DevOps and or GitHub actions which obviously is part of GitHub so so Sort of just to orient ourselves and recap, Panu, how would you describe to somebody both GitHub and, and Azure DevOps first? Let's then dive deeper into the actual features. If you go by the book, GitHub and Azure DevOps, they are both web-based platforms and you use them for version control and collaboration in software development. So there are tools that cover almost the whole life cycle of software development from the first commit into version control to all the way to the releasing your software into production. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely buy into this one. And I've probably worked more on Azure DevOps, mostly because it was so prominently available back in the on-premises times. We had Team Foundation Server and Visual SourceSafe and all that. Uh, and then obviously now, anything I do now, I use GitHub for that. Toby, how is it for you? Are you fully sort of uh, integrated with GitHub now or are you still exposed to Azure DevOps as well? Both. So now working at an enterprise, as I'm doing in my in my role right now, we we use things from both worlds. We uh, usually rely on ADO or Azure DevOps for uh, a lot of the uh, management stuff, like sprint planning, you know, uh, managing your backlog, pretty much, because the the section of uh, or the the capabilities, if you will, of Azure DevOps for managing that type of work is pretty strong. But a lot of the stuff like pipelines that we use uh, are moved to GitHub Actions. So it's a combination. It's not one or the other. It's just one complementing the other where you see perhaps slightly easier or better features on, on one side than we, I, at least from for me, by my experience, we don't have the discussion anymore. Should you use this or that? It's more, 
what capabilities of each platform can we kind of harvest so we can uh, reap the benefits to uh, the way we work. So I'm I'm exposed to both and and rely on them both heavily. Okay, so what I've sort of gathered in the past maybe year is that Azure DevOps and GitHub they can coexist in the same organization. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So so Pano, when we now think about Azure pipelines and GitHub Actions, my sort of rudimentary understanding is that Azure pipelines you use that to pick up code from your repo, build it, do something, the magic happens there, and then deploy to test or production. And for GitHub Actions, you sort of do the same, but I believe that in GitHub Actions, you use YAML to describe the action, but I'm not sure what you use in Azure, Azure pipelines to describe. So can you sort of bring us up to speed on Azure pipelines and GitHub Actions? Yeah, so you use YAML on both, or or you can use the classic editor. It's called at Azure DevOps currently. So you can use this fully graphical way just to define your pipelines. But as as it uh, it is named, it's classic. So you should use YAML, and you can convert your classic pipelines into YAML and store them into your version control. There are some reasons why you want to store them as a YAML file, because sometimes you are doing development that requires changes into your pipelines. And now that you have your pipelines as a YAML file, you can edit the file in feature branch. And as you merge your changes into main or master, you will get also your pipeline changes, not only the code changes. Before that, we had to like manually go and edit the pipelines after we merge the code. So that's why the YAML and keeping the pipelines in version control is better. And you can do this both in GitHub Actions and in Azure pipelines. But one big difference between these systems is that in Azure pipelines, you have, as the name says, you have pipelines. So you use them to create stuff create artifacts, create releases, create software, you build things. But in GitHub, you have actions. So they can be triggered from different things, like when someone forks your repository or when new issue is created. You cannot do that in Azure pipelines. You can use service hooks or, or hooks for that. But you know, when you think about actions, they are like something happened and you want to react. And if you talk about Azure DevOps pipelines, you build and deploy stuff only for them. I, I love that. It's That's a pretty good summary and I haven't thought about it that way, but you're right, like GitHub Actions, it's exactly that. When an event happens, you subscribe to that event and that can be a new ticket or a new issue, something else. So I, yes. there's one question that came to my mind uh, of what you just said, if I just roll the tape back about half a minute. If anyone can modify the code in your repo, or like if you have an entire team of contributors, uh, how do you kind of secure these files? If I'm just a developer and I go in and I modify the pipeline and I say, hey, actually now don't deploy to this server, deploy to that server. Can you make changes like that in this file? And how do you kind of 
catch those changes. Now that, you know, traditionally what we see is there was an IT team uh, that managed the pipelines. They had security, permissions, access control, all these things for the pipeline. So you could potentially see it, um, but you could not maybe execute it or you could not modify it. You might be able to run it, but not change it. But here, um, anyone can go and change this file and then check it in and, and push it to the repository. How do we how do we deal with that in, in this scenario when everything is YAML-based? Yeah, I have stumbled that same requirement in financial sector where you have to control what you are deploying and, and how you change the code. Simple way is to just add an approval gate that someone else needs to review the change and approve it before you can merge the change in. That is like the cheapest option, but of course that requires two people to always approve the changes. And of course you can secure your environments in Azure DevOps, you can create these service connections that is all only attached into certain services in Azure, for example, if you use Azure. So that way you can restrict it environments that only this service connection is allowed to deploy into these services or these app services or servers or whatever. So those are like the two simplest way to tackle this. So let me double click a bit on YAML because I, I feel a lot of people have this sort of love-hate relationship with YAML. And, and the first time I was configuring something in GitHub Actions, I needed to deploy something fairly simple to a Azure web app. And it kept failing because what I needed to deploy was just HTML and static files. And GitHub Actions wanted to forcefully compile something, but it couldn't find anything to compile. So it kept giving me super weird error messages. So I needed to dive deeper into YAML. And to me, it seems that YAML is, it's not that simple to grasp. So do you, do you feel that anybody configuring GitHub Actions, anybody in charge of Azure pipelines, that they should really take time to learn YAML? Or is it more like, I'll just learn the bare minimum so that I can get by with this, like I did? Yeah, I think you. when we talk about YAML, you need to know a little bit about history and what other options we had. So initially we had like XML files. We used those to create TFS pipelines or, and and that was really hard to manually write. You have to always add the beginning and end tags. And then, then we got into JSON and we created this JSON files. You have ARM templates in Azure, they are JSON, but that is also like a machine readable format. So we need to add something else because we are creating these pipelines manually. So people came up with the YAML idea, which is easier to write. You use the identification to define blocks and there is certain way how you write it. And when you get a grasp of it, you just repeat that same five, six principles and you are fine with the YAML. But now when you start writing actions, I first recommend to use the templates that you find at the GitHub if you are using GitHub Actions. There are great templates 
that give you gives you a great starting point. And I think there is a template for static HTML pages. I haven't checked it, but I, I think there are. And then how I usually do it, I use the reference guide at GitHub. So I use their documentation a lot to see what are the options that I can do for certain tasks that I'm doing in, in GitHub Action. And of course, you need to have a good tooling. So install Visual Code extension that gives you some uh, IntelliSense and code completion. And, and those help you get along the way by creating the pipelines or actions. Okay. I was I was hoping that Copilot for YAML should be available to help me because the first time I did YAML, I just went to github.com, logged in, opened my repo, went to actions and started using the text box. And it wasn't too simple on that. Like yeah, I'm you, looking can, you at... can use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think definitely you can use it. And I tried uh, the chat GPT to create, I asked it to create me a pipeline. So you can you can use AI tools. It created me a pipeline and it almost worked. As we all know, it's it hallucinated a little bit and it started to create own tasks that didn't exist in, in, in GitHub. But but it it gave me a template, like starting point, how where I should start and how it looks like. So so now on Azure pipelines and GitHub actions, how do you kind of see the market? Are everybody moving to GitHub Actions because that's presumably a newer, more shinier capability? Or is there a distinction between enterprises using Azure DevOps and startups using GitHub Actions? Or is it fully dependent on what sort of company is, is choosing to use what? Yeah, as, as, as earlier, Toby said that um, they can coexist now in in past. We had this discussion that should we migrate or is the Azure DevOps dying and GitHub is the one that is going to replace it. And I don't hear that discussion that often anymore. I don't know what is your options. Do you do you, do you still hear that discussion? For for me, I I don't really hear the discussion and I feel that the people who invested in Azure DevOps, they remain there, but any new team, any new company, I feel they want to use GitHub, not just for GitHub Actions, but GitHub in general. But I feel the problem is often, well, we are doing sensitive stuff. We cannot store the source code on GitHub because I feel often people associate GitHub with all repos are public. Anybody can read our code. And that still seems to be sort of the main factor in doing the decision. Uh, Toby, for you, if you're exposed to both and based on your experience, do you do you need to do this distinction between where do we store the code or is it just depending on the project, for example? I mean, there there's a lot of variables to this, right? It's regulatory compliance and what options do you have for storing source code and data and whatever you have. Some companies will have regulatory compliance saying even your source code needs to be stored in a specific region or country. Can you do that with GitHub? I don't know. Maybe there is an option for it. In Azure DevOps, you can choose your tenant. So depending on where a tenant lives, which is usually living where your organization have the main tenant, 
uh, or one of the tenants, which is usually also a trusted location in terms of re regulatory compliance. So there are questions beyond just should I put source code here or there, but also things that are very unique to to everyone's unique situation. We see when talking to customers, I've I've had you know these kind of these lines. In the past, we had a, a boundary saying either you go one direction or the other. You use one platform or the other. Like I mentioned before, we don't see that today. We see what capabilities do I need to use from what uh, thing. And I even see customers, they use pipelines in Azure DevOps and GitHub Actions, but they use them for different types of deployments, maybe within their companies or within their teams. So there might be some legacy projects still running on Azure DevOps, and some of the new initiatives might be using GitHub Actions. Or like Panu mentioned here before, some of the things you cannot do in Azure DevOps, like subscribing to a ticket that was created uh, on GitHub. This is where I see a lot of things happening with GitHub Actions, because you can automate a lot. You can take action on that ticket. You can flag it, put a label on it, send it to the right team, send a notification, You know, get that full workflow in. But it doesn't have to impact anything you're already doing. So I don't see this, uh, you know, move to this platform or that platform. It's just good platforms with capabilities that you can just weigh capability or feature by feature saying, I need this. Then you can go and adopt that into your team. But there's always going to be variables like security, regulatory compliance, all these things that we talk about regularly on this show. There might be other things as, as well, like the knowledge in your team. If you have 20 people on your team and everyone knows everything inside out with Azure DevOps, then there might not, if there's not a technical requirement to move to GitHub Actions, then you probably wouldn't do it because you would have to reinvest a lot of time in, in knowledgement as well to get people up to speed and get them trained on, on GitHub Actions and, and then start the experience um, on that side. So there's a lot of angles to it. And, and I just don't see the one or the other anymore. It's just pick whatever fits the bill at all times. Um, if that means you have a little bit of both, that's fine. As long as you can cover the business needs. Makes, yeah. makes sense. So, so in essence, what you're saying, it, it depends. So, so Panu, is it possible or, or does it make even any sense that if I have my code in a repo in Azure DevOps, that I would use GitHub action actions to do something with that? Or is it always tied where the repo and, and my assets are, is that the platform where I'm running all of my CI, CD capabilities? Well, as a recommendation, I would say that yes, it is, because you don't want to transfer your code between between like uh, GitHub and, and Azure DevOps. You can do it if you want to, but it just takes an extra work because you cannot use the ready-built tasks, for example, in GitHub Actions to check out your code easily. So that is one one thing. But I think one one option here or, or thing that you need to keep in mind is that do you work in closed source company within your organization boundaries? Or do you have some kind of open source or open source community mindset and you would like to open source some part of your code. Let's take an example that you work in financial company and your company does an asset management. And you have created this great Excel macro that calculates fees very well. 
And your company's main job is not to calculate fees, it is to do the assets management. But you want to implement different country fees, for example, how the fees are applied in Sweden or Norway or somewhere else. And you could open source that part of your code. So you create a project that contains this great fee calculator and you open source it. And to do that, you need to use GitHub because that is like the number one option there. You, you, you don't have many options if you want to really embrace the open source. So you publish there and now you have a GitHub account, you have repository, you have code, you need to start using it and you need to learn how to use it. And then you, if you still run it on, on Azure pipelines or Azure DevOps, you may want to think about that. Do we want to center everything into one system? Because running two systems, it has its downsides. You have to know a little bit about both. So that is something that you might want to think about that. Do we want to embrace the open source or are we just working in the closed source and within our organization boundaries? Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying into this one. Sometimes what I'm seeing is that a company has all the source code in something like Bitbucket because that's what they decided to start using uh, mm. ages ago. But then they need to automate the deployment so they make a decision to use Azure pipelines. And then when I ask, so how specifically are you doing this? And then when you scratch the surface of the pipelines, you see that they are doing an X copy from Bitbucket first to Azure Azure repos. From there, they're doing the pipelines and eventually they're, they're doing the ticketing or support on, on GitHub. So it seems mm, that yeah. quite often companies are mixing all of these based on what do they have time to learn? And it feels that Azure DevOps is fairly easy to learn at that level. And GitHub might be a bit further away unless you are more on the open source movement, if you will. Yeah, that, that might be true. Both the documentation on both is great. So that is not the issue here. Uh, uh, I don't know which one is easier for newcomers because um, I have worked so long for in both systems. So it is hard to, for me to say that which is easier. I use GitHub in when I'm giving uh, lessons for my students. So so we use GitHub and they can easily grasp it. So it is not that hard to get used to and, and you can definitely learn it. You you don't have to fear it if you work in Azure DevOps currently. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I, I think there's also like what you mentioned, there's good documentation on both systems and there's a lot of free training. Like YouTube is filled with videos on how to do everything with Azure DevOps and everything with the GitHub and GitHub Actions. So I, I think it's a, for me, this is a non-question, right? It's not about how easy it is for me to learn one or the other. Should I start learning this or that? It's more about what's the actual requirement for the projects I'm working on? What's the business requirements? And how do we as a company or organization tackle this? And if the way forward is GitHub, well, and I don't know that, well, then I need to learn. And the resources for learning that are vast. There's a lot of stuff out there, both for DevOps and for, for GitHub. So I, I think for me, this is a non-issue in the sense that whatever road you go, there is such an amount of pool, like there's a huge pool of experience out there. There's a huge community around both. 
Uh, so you can go on social media and just say, hey, I don't get it. And people are going to help you out. You can also go to chat GPT and say, hey, I need to understand how to do X, Y, Z in GitHub Actions. It's going to tell you. It may or may not be 100% accurate, but it's going to get you 85% of the way easily. right? So the, the ways of learning today makes all of this a non-issue. At least that's how I see it. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely on the same boat here. For for me, what I opted to do, I think at some point last year, Toby, we were recording something for the show, and I think I mentioned the right-click publish approach in Visual Studio, which simply just works and it's awesome. <laughs> I figured okay, I, I figured time. okay, <laughs> let me finally get rid of this this habit. And I, I spent a couple of hours on, on GitHub Actions to get it up and running. And it is super convenient and it's very frictionless to get it up and running because in Visual Studio, you can just say, add all of my code to a repo. And by default, it's giving you GitHub. It creates the repo. Then you go there, click a new actions, deploy, and you're done in two minutes. And you don't really need to do YAML all that much unless obviously you need to tweak with something. So for somebody who's perhaps listening on this one and they are a newcomer thinking of getting started in software development, Anu, what would you say, which one should they start using or learning, regardless of perhaps they will eventually be using both, but should they start with GitHub Actions or Azure Pipeline? Yeah, as Tobias said, it, it it depends on if you have some regulation or 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 usually when you are selecting tools, you have some something that you need to solve because you need this tool. But if we forget everything that and I just need to decide which one to use, I would use now GitHub and GitHub Actions. And the reason for that is that as of today, you get all the new and cool stuff first in GitHub. I, I have seen this change in mindset that Microsoft is now heavily uh, investing in GitHub as a new things. They will eventually come in Azure DevOps, for example, the secret scanning and I think Dependabot and, and those sorts of features, but they are first in GitHub and you get it there. And there are some great new features coming currently into GitHub, for example, if you are a big company, you get merge queues and, and these things, and they are first coming to GitHub. So so I think that is a one good reason to be GitHub because you get all the good things and new things first, and you get this market benefits by using the latest and coolest stuff first. So so that is one one way to think about it. And the other way is that if you want to embrace the open source in any way, it's easier when you are already in GitHub where the things are happening in open source. I, I like this last last point because often if I'm looking for inspiration or thinking, has somebody already created something that I need? I naturally go to GitHub because there's nothing else I can go to. I cannot go to Azure DevOps and start searching post-source code from other organizations to see if I can pick up some inspiration from there. And that naturally sort of gravitates me more on using GitHub. Okay, one last question from me. Perhaps if I'm now on Azure Pipelines and I want to migrate into GitHub Actions 
And Panu, you mentioned they both use YAML now. Let's assume I'm not using the classic pipelines. Is YAML the same on both? Can I just copy the YAML I have in Azure Pipelines and paste that into GitHub Actions and it works? Or is there some sort of a migration approach here? Yeah, so you can take copy-paste, but it won't work because the systems are a little bit different. So it depends on how many pipelines you have. So let's say you have an five, five pipelines. You can easily write them from scratch even because it's only five. And, and when you do that, you can rethink about your, your pipelines, like what task or steps I want to really do, or, or if there's something I could do better with these new tools, because I have created my five pipelines 10 years ago and things have changed after that. But if you have more than, let's say, 10 pipelines or you don't want to do it manually, you have to use some kind of tool to do the migration. And luckily, the GitHub has uh, created as a tool called GitHub Actions Importer, which you can uh, install as an extension for your GitHub command line interface tool. They are both free, so you can just download them and install and start using them. And that is a great tool that migrates pipelines from multiple different systems. I think there was an Azure DevOps is one option, but there are others, uh, GitLabs or something like that. So you, or Jenkins or, or other tool, popular tools. So you can use that to migrate your pipelines into GitHub. Uh, it does the job quite well. It's not 100% coverage on all, all features. So for example, if you use this star type of path in Azure pipelines, so you have star star dash star CS project file. So Azure pipelines searches for that file from Azure DevOps. In GitHub, we don't have that. And you need to use the absolute or relative paths with project files. So the importer migration tool doesn't convert those. You have to do it manually, or even better, you can write an extension for the migration tool. But the bad news there is that you have to do it in Ruby. There is no other options that just writing Ruby scripts and and they are a bit, uh, let's say, hard to write. But you can do it. You can write the extension that converts all your paths into correct format. And when you run the importer, everything works well, and you get your hundred pipelines into GitHub Actions. Okay, I I had a dream of learning the basics of Rust before the summer, just do a hello world to see what it's all about. But now I feel I also need to learn Ruby to, to figure out how to do the extensions for, for the importer as well. Yeah, I, I think because the tool is written in Ruby, you have to use the Ruby to write the extension also. So. Okay, makes sense. Alrighty, uh, that, I think that was everything on my side. Toby, did you have any further thoughts or questions on Azure pipelines versus GitHub Actions? I don't think I have anything else top of mind right now. I think we kind of exhausted the the, uh, the overview here. So I'm I'm pretty good for now, um, but I'm pretty sure if, 
if we find something that we need to figure out, we can just ping you on social media and uh, put it on, uh, put a question out on, on Twitter or whatever you use. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting discussion going on here, and it's going to be really interesting to see in the couple couple of years to come how this plays out with organizations. If we're still going to see, you know, one foot in each camp, or if it's going to be everything moves to GitHub, or because we've heard the talks a couple of years now, for several years, we've heard heard talks from all over the place, like everyone is going to get over to to GitHub, right? But then you keep seeing all these great investments on Azure DevOps as well. And they, they do have the different feature set with especially the, the work management stuff, uh, like boards and sprints and capacity planning and stuff like that over in, in Azure DevOps. That still makes me curious about what it, what the landscape is going to look like in a couple of years. So I'm, I'm excited to just tag along for the ride and see where we end up in a few years. Yeah, if you plan, up, uh, think about what tools we should use in, let's say, after five years. So that is something that you cannot answer because the phase of changes is so so intense and we get all these new things and I think we might even have new tools after five years that we we use for CI systems. I, I don't think that we have saw everything in, in that landscape. So I 100% agree and I that's what I love about this you know everything in tech and especially these things is you can be along for the ride and you can plan for what you have now, what you're going to do next, but you cannot plan for too many years ahead. You can plan as a business, but don't rely on the technology. Make it more technology agnostic. So when the tools change, you can change with the tools as opposed to having to rebuild everything. So that's a good point. Read. We have the last bit, the unexpected question. Toby, uh, I will let you do the honors and ask Panu the unexpected question. All right, so Panu, are you ready? I have an unexpected question lined up for you. Um, I'm, I think I'm not, but let's roll it. <laughs> so this question is, what is the weirdest membership you ever had or currently have? Um, I think the little membership does not count here. A lot of people in Finland has the little bonus card. So uh, I would say that it might be that I am the member of um, Finnish Gold Digger Association <laughs> called, uh, the Finnish name is Lapin Kullankaivajien Liitto, which is like the association for Lapland Gold Diggers. So I'm wow. a member of that association. All right. Now I have many follow-up questions to this. <laughs> have you found gold? Number one. <laughs> well, um, I think it's like fishing, so you don't tell the biggest stories, <laughs> but to be honest, very little, very little, but I'm planning to go on Lapland on this summer. And if I find enough gold, you won't hear me again. But but if you hear me uh, maybe on this show or something somewhere else later on this year, then you know that I haven't found gold enough. All right. Fair point. Enough. There, there's a Finnish movie out now internationally called Sisu. It's about a guy who's digging gold in Lapland. And all, all sort of things happen after that one. I haven't seen that yet, but now that I'm thinking about this, I think I need to see the movie. And then when Panu goes to dig some gold in Lapland this summer, I, I will be fondly thinking about you. Yes, it looks like that, what it looks like in the movie. Oh, okay, good to know. Alrighty, Panu, thanks for joining us. Everybody else, thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Thank you and have a great summer.